You already knew that this is the song that I was going to play. Welcome to No Clip. I'm Chad Rutherland. I'm JJ Artimez. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today we're going to be talking about Halo. Halo was a game that was released in 2001 on the Xbox. Uh, and it was developed by Bungie and published by Microsoft Game Studios. Halo is a first-person shooter, and that is significant for 2001, and it will never have been again. Uh, (laughs) uh, Halo kind of took the first-person shooter genre and moved it to consoles in a way that made it so successful that it defined how games were made for Americans for, like, a decade. Oh, yeah. It especially impacted the following console generation. Yeah. Like, it would not have looked even close to the same without Halo. And I want to get into that impact and everything, and I want to get into the presentation and everything that made Halo such a groundbreaking game when it released. But first, we all played Halo uh, on the Master Chief Collection, correct? On PC? Of course. Yes. Yeah, because I don't have just like a big ass... I don't don't have a truck to bring (laughs) me an Xbox now. Uh, You need a truck just for the controller. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking huge. That also assumes that the Xbox is functioning. That there literally is a functioning There's Xbox. There's a working Xbox somewhere in America. And I don't count the Xboxes that are on life support, like right now, that are connected. See, I know that the 360 has that reputation, but I was unsure about the original Xbox. The Xbox didn't have it as bad. Uh, it, it, nothing was as popularized as the Red Ring of Death. But people, because of the infrastructure of the Xbox and how much closer that it was to a conventional PC than any console that has released, to my knowledge, before or since, uh, that a lot of people performed kind of creepy medical experiments upon the Xbox. (laughs) Backwards engineer. Yeah, there was a lot of... I remember in my youngest youthful days uh, that it was very popular to find sketchy electronics people and uh, force the Xbox OS to recognize external hard drives, and then you could just pirate every video game on the xbox and then have an xbox box that was like two boxes on top of each other (laughs) right that was the x cube that was perfect yeah and also i used mine to build a shed so uh (laughs) what what as a joke because they're really big Uh, and would make a sturdy building material (laughs) the the x shed (laughs) you just put down like the xboxes and like and put some mortar over it yeah (laughs) Uh, Good foundation. I know people did similar things with the um, the Dreamcast because yeah. it, it had like a more computer operating system. I love the amount of Nintendo bias that we have on this <laughs> podcast again because the moment we start talking about an Xbox game, we're instantly like, you remember how that was like kind of a computer and also it was really big and et cetera, et cetera. Well, all of these interesting I, hardware things. All that stuff I think is really relevant to Halo though. It's true. I mean, I, there would not be as many Xbox boxes in the world if halo did not exist oh no not even it's maybe the most important launch title ever i would kind of agree with that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh i do want to say as i was leading into earlier and then we got very distracted (laughs) uh that the existence of 
the Master Chief Collection is the absolute bane of my fucking existence. <laughs> uh, because I've never had a worse time trying to play a video game in my entire life. Because you had really? to download the video games from the video game? Uh, yes. And in addition to having to download the video game, it isn't the game that it installs when you install the game from the Steam client. And also, I had to create a, an account <laughs> to play the game, mm-hmm. and I had to in I had to like get an email and like put a verification code into the main menu of a, of Halo, mm-hmm. and that is just there's something just grotesque about that to me. Yes. It was an annoying experience. That like, like it's funny to me the assumptions that they've made on behalf of the players that like when you install the master chief collection it it installs halo reach <laughs> and not halo one right and uh i just think that's funny like the biases there and then yeah also like before you can play the game at all you have to set up an account because they assume that what you want is multiplayer right yeah like everything that i did in halo prior to playing or prior to recording this podcast, uh, was enti- did not need any... I didn't even need an internet connection past downloading the game, <laughs> like, theoretically. But there are so many hoops to jump. I complained about this on Assassin's Creed. Oh, yes, please continue <laughs> complaining about <laughs> past complaints yeah. and a nested <laughs> layer of complaints I, that will never end. I was going to bring up Uplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Uplay is bad. This was worse. Because this one didn't just, like, launch and then do a thing. This one, like, made me do shit to access a single-player campaign, and I had to do that before I could even install the game I intended to play. Yeah, like, I know Halo was, like, known for the multiplayer mode, like, in it, in Xbox Live and all that. Mm-hmm. They're very tied together. But, like, it's, it's weird how much... It this collection felt like it downplayed the single player campaigns. Like is like a thing that y'all you might want to do later, but like what you really want is the, the sweet the, sweet online action. Yeah, get those frags. Yeah, you know, get your KD up. Three sixty no scope. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Uh, I don't like these modern women and the way that they <laughs> just eat hot chip and lie. This is I wanted to bring the extra energy that you guys bringing to the table but just hate and vitriol about people that we don't like that's what i wanted to do this isn't about people this is about software (laughs) you've you've been gone for a while you don't know how much about software we talk these days Uh, the last episode of pocket was on adobe illustrator (laughs) we we are now no clip software llc (laughs) god you guys incorporated without me i hate corporations Well, you're part of it now. You're now in corporation. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, Let's move on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mercifully. Uh, so how about the video game once you like did play it yeah how how was that how so, does that treat you does anyone have any recollection of what halo looked like in 2001 you didn't press the button did you i didn't okay so i played on i i'm now going to extend the previous one it's not this one's not a complaint as much though uh they do have one further complaint about that uh i played on pc and I barely knew what the buttons were 
to do things in the game. I'd reset the, the the bindings because they're so nonsensical to me. Like the button to switch what you have two weapons in this game. Yeah. And in order to switch weapons, the button you press is one. You press the one key. What you played on a keyboard? I played on a keyboard. <gasps> Why everyone? Get, I'm gonna play on a keyboard if it's on PC. It's not gonna be a thing. That, but that is Halo. It's like the thing that made it so good was the was the fact that they figured out a way that you didn't have to do that. I even made the same mistake because I was like, I just started doing the same as you. I automatically trended toward the way I usually play shooters on PC these days, mm-hmm. which is Steam controller with built-in motion controls. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, I, during the like 30 to 40 minute setup process that is necessary with any game that you play with the Steam controller, when I was midway through that, I was like, oh wait, I'm very stupid. Why am I doing this? I will not understand the thing that made Halo popular if I did yeah. this. And thankfully I couldn't do it anyway because uh, they did a really dumb software thing that prevents you from using the Steam controller correctly and I was so mad about yeah, it. Yeah, I specifically played with a controller because the game's designed for it, mm-hmm. and I figured that keyboard and mouse would make it too easy. And I'd never played the game before, yeah. so I wanted the No, and I think that all tracks. I wanted to play the keyboard because I just got this new goddamn keyboard, <laughs> and I wanted to use it. Uh, it's a cool-looking keyboard. Lay off, man. It's very red. I will not lay off. It makes me feel like you're a gamer who does things serious. You're a pro-elite uh-huh. gamer. I uh-huh. am a pro-elite gamer. It reminds me of the color of the blood in your body and the blood that you spill from your enemies in virtual <laughs> spaces. Uh... I will say, though, that when I it, when Halo 2 released, which as of the time of this recording was yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, it reset all my control bindings. And so I went into the game again and immediately was fucked and had no idea what was happening again. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so that was lame. Yeah. Uh, Halo. Yeah, we Halo were talking about Halo. The, the video game. What? So now that we've gotten through the second layer of software-based complaints about Halo, <laughs> you basically forced my hand on that one. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. There's a first level of the video game Halo. Yes. You're a cool space marine guy, uh-huh. and you get pulled out of a pod, and you look around, and there is evil aliens, and you gotta shoot them with guns. Was that a cliche? In 2001. Uh, in books, yes. In video games, I don't know. I like, guess Quake was around. Yeah, Quake existed. All of id Software's games involve space marines in one way or another. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely a thing. But I don't know. I Because I, I watched the, the intro to this game and was like, I have to put this in the context of the time that it was released. But me right now hates this because it feels extremely uh, sort of hokey. It is very hokey, but it's hokey in a way that at the very least I can forgive them for because they didn't over explain the hokiness or try and lend the hokiness more attention than it was worth. The game is good at taking its sci-fi premise and its factions and trying to like keep them mysterious enough that you, at least in the first game, have to kind of assign their meanings onto them, and it keeps them from taking up too much time. Because I did not want to sit through this game and explain, and like know anything about the Covenant, and right. the game didn't tell me anything about the Covenant. That's yeah. exactly what I wanted from yeah. it. it. It feels very much of its time in that way. Like, a lot of games, and sometimes it's because of budget, and, you know, plenty of other factors back then, but it doesn't go a lot into the story. And I think that's to its benefit. That was quite intentional on their part. The, the like development cycle of Halo 1 is legendary for its craziness. 
Yeah, well, Bungie uh, initially was a Mac exclusive <laughs> game developer. Yeah, they literally pitched Halo to Steve Jobs at one point. Wow, yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. So, like, I, the the concept of them making a game not just for Microsoft, but, like, with this new architecture is honestly, like, pretty surprising, but doesn't take away from how cliche that intro is. <laughs> they had a year at the time. I'm going to give them the credit they're due in context, because after they got done working on Myst and they were starting to really build up for all of this stuff was when they got bought out, and during the process of being bought out is when the game shifted from an R- from an RTS to a third-person shooter to the game that we now understand today. Uh, and all of those things got compressed into, like, a year to make sure that it could make it in time for the launch of the Xbox. Right. And they somehow did that. As, <laughs> as, like, as if that's a thing that you could have done in 2000. It's yeah. really impressive. Yeah, I kind of want, want to defend it a little bit because I feel like you had to think about the time it came out, as you said, and it, it feels like a kind of, like, shorthand or, like, I don't know how to really describe it. Like, the thing that Doom 2016 is, like, self-aware, mm-hmm. like, doing in a self-aware fashion at the beginning where the Doom Slayer wakes up out of stasis. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, it gets out of And the then pod. he immediately, like, smashes a demon's skull. You know, it's like... This game's kind of doing that sincerely in a time where you could do that sincerely, and that right. time has passed. Yeah, and I mean, the reason, and I don't actually have that much vitriol toward the plot of Halo, though I will say, the plot of Halo did actually get it where it was going in the, like, during the first couple of iterations of the game, but here in Halo 1, it is, like, pretty bare bones, all things considered, mm-hmm. And I do actually appreciate it, but one of the things that it does ta- that that got talked about when this game came out is the presentation of the story, and I think that it actually does. It went way above and beyond what you would expect at the time. Oh yeah, like there was a lot. There were a lot of cutscenes. The cutscenes all looked pretty good, uh, and the voice acting was largely not abysmal. No, in fact, I I want to lend like enormous credibility long term for the series on just Cortana's voice actor alone. Like I was, I don't know if they re-recorded these things for the for the anniversary. I assume they didn't, but the clarity in a lot of the that her AI speaking voice is very very good. Like I think it holds up perfectly even to this day. Yeah, and I was impressed by See, that. Going back, I kind of wanted took a more cynical uh, opinion <laughs> on the voice acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Master Chief, I thought, was a, a silent protagonist, and I thought his voice actor was just awful. Uh, I thought he was really bad. Uh, luckily, he didn't talk that much. Yeah, it's pretty, but, pretty uh, sparse. He, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought Cortana seemed like them being really smart with their limitations and that they were like, She's got the most speaking lines, so we're making her an AI so that if her performance is a little bit wooden, it won't sound bad because she's supposed to sound like a robot. That's kind of how it came off to me. Yeah. But, but so this... I say, but I meant that as a compliment. It's like they, they were smart about like the biggest speaking role will make her a robot so it can kind of hide the quality that like we can afford, you know, in two thousand one. So yeah. like I mean that as a positive thing. Uh it, it, it was just interesting 
to me that stood out to me as well her voice specifically and none of these things would have been expected from a shooter in 2001 in the first place right like the the modern notion of a campaign with where where you go is based on defined arcs as outlined in the game was just not really a thing that was common as far as i'm aware like we're comparing these things to like quake which did not have that kind of progression no dooms and all the various doom clones which also did not have that kind of progression just had levels uh, and stuff like GoldenEye that like assumed a pre-existing property that you were familiar with. Where Perfect you... Dark. Yeah, Perfect Dark is the one counterexample that I give to this because Perfect Dark does have honestly kind of a similar story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a lot more espionage in it because it's a spy narrative, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like it is still they introduce like an alien invader, and then you fight the aliens and their prescribed cutscenes and shit. They're aliens in Perfect Dark. That's the twist. Spoilers for 1999's Perfect Dark. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's it, it is and they actually do a similar job and the voice acting is also not terrible in that. Uh but it's like it's on a different scale. Like Halo is up here uh and my hand is up above my head uh-huh. <laughs> and then Perfect Dark is like at neck level. <laughs> when did Half-Life come out? Uh, 98, 99? 98 sounds right. So that predates this True. as yeah. being a narrative-centric shooter. Half-Life but, was intentionally what they were trying to lean yeah, into. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, yeah. uh, this was uncommon at the time. Yeah. And, it certainly, and it's a console game. It certainly wasn't mainstream. Right. Yeah. Mainstream was like, what, Call of Duty? Another thing where you just, there's a narrative that you are assumed to be pre Is Call of Duty that old? Well, Call of Duty is, like but the Call of Duty, like, this was in the era where Call of Duty was still in competition with Medal of Honor. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Right. And it was super not narrative, because... It was like, it's in World War II. They assume you already know the ending. So uh, <laughs> they didn't go super deep into that. Uh, no, not one way or the other. But, yeah, no, I, and I mean, I agree with that. And, like, they've made, there's been talks of Halo movies that never happened. There was, I think. I remember that. There was, like, a like a push, like, a I don't know exactly how these things work. But the idea was, like, floated, and there was, like, a big kind of, like, audience response that i think almost propelled the halo movie to get made but it mm-hmm. never happened and i think the aesthetics of halo alone can be enough to create a movie certainly not like on its own a good movie but the halo itself especially at the time i think was enough of a set piece that yeah i think halo is a universe you could put a movie in yeah yeah as far as video game settings well go. they're definitely was at least one animated movie that was made out of Halo. We all know that none of those count. Yeah, like the Dead Space movie does not count as a Dead Space movie, Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh... (laughs) We need Michael Keaton as Master Halo, the King Chief. (laughs) Michael Keaton as Master Chief? If he were like... 20 years younger i think that actually would be a decent well he's just gonna be cg'd you know true like he'd have the armor on the whole time yeah yeah i don't think i don't know it could work i like (laughs) michael keaton a lot i think he could pull off the kind of gruff you need but i think he's a bit too old Mm. okay you get frail when you get old you know like i'm just i I don't believe that he could take a beating All right. No offense to him. Or other old people. Then what actor do you want to see the shit kicked out of in a Halo movie? Hold on. (laughs) Master Chief. Who plays Cable? Cable. Yeah, in Deadpool. I know you're talking about, but I don't... Because I think he'd be good. Okay. Yeah, he he would be good at being a Chief Master. 
All right. So one thing that surprised me about this game uh, coming to it now is I, I thought the environmental like art direction was actually like really great. Oh, yeah. um, like there's one level, I don't remember which one it was, that like takes place on a beach and like it, it looks great. It's just when I think of like the silent cartographer. That's yes, correct. That's it's the, the most famous level, one of the most famous shooter levels in video games, the silent cartographer. Yeah. But uh, like when I think of like last console generation, like PS3, Xbox 360 shooters, I think of like the military shooter became really popular. And I think of like drab military you know environments and aesthetics browns and browns and yeah dark greens and whatever this game surprised me and like how like cool the planet looked and like the alien designs were cool and Mm -hmm. there was a good use of like color to differentiate stuff it's like that all took me by surprise and a special thing i wanted to point out is the halo being visible in most of the skyboxes is one of my absolute favorite things in the game yeah my uh my childhood memory of owning an xbox was looking up in the second level of halo and seeing the like the ring wrap around Mm -hmm. and being like that's fucking unbelievable Mm -hmm. i gotta play this game gotta play it a million times (laughs) and i did and uh yeah and it was basically all spurred on by how good this game looked visually when i first played it i literally think that the indoor segments look better with the old aesthetic style like i would switch to the old style in the master chief collection because the new style was just so busy by comparison Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played it with the the HD textures, but like I I, I have seen the game and I just watched the ending because I didn't quite finish it. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Um, but I got close. But um, and I wanted to compare it to Metroid Prime specifically. I think for my money anyway, Metroid Prime looks a bit better. But I there's in for that console generation, I think it's one of like the better looking games and. I think that kind of space aesthetic with like the way like the the armor looks, I think they have a lot of that kind of like angular stuff on the walls and like that kind of stuff was easier to model at that time than more organic looking stuff. And like the choices were smart with like the aesthetic of the game. They iterated on that a lot. Uh, The, the, as far as the prime halo comparison, uh, Metroid prime definitely leaked my, in my mind looks better but that's because they were able to cheat on the load screen so much. They, the games probably have similar numbers of actual polygons that are distributed in any given area that is loaded. But that area in Halo is this like huge, oftentimes open world outdoor section compared to like these incredibly cramped Metroid Prime environments and individual hallways that you have to hit loading screens every like 15 seconds of walking to get from room to room. I do want to I want to hit on that a little bit. Um, Specifically, like, the fact that Halo has two modes of play, generally speaking, and it switches between them pretty often, which I think is a good idea, um, where you have your corridor sections where you walk around in a tiny area and shoot at things that are coming around corners essentially Mm -hmm. and then the giant open areas where things can come at you from like any angle and there's a lot of traversal and that's where the vehicles come in 
I'm sorry, but I think that Halo's level design, by and large, not individual, they're good moments, but for the most part, the design is kind of cheeks. Like it's <laughs> cheeks. Yeah, it's please define cheeks. It's butt cheeks. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's like there are sequences in this game that I feel like, and I mean, this is me looking at it right now. Like I didn't have this thought before this week, mm-hmm. but like g- going from place to place in the level, it's like I prefer those outdoor segments so much because of the aesthetic beauty of them that. I would rather do that a million times, even though I felt like I was constantly being shot by things that no one has ever seen before. This is a good tangent to go down here. I largely agree with you for, Mm -hmm. like, visuals and aesthetics. The outdoor areas are way cooler. But I think that the AI kind of wigs out in the open areas. (laughs) A little bit. uh, I... I know at the time Halo was like lauded for the AI or they like pushed like the AI as like a selling point of it. It was the evolved combat yeah. that they were talking about. But like it seems like they have this like behavioral AI that like had like determines like what they'll do to try to make them like react more realistically. And mm-hmm. in the outdoor environments, I think that takes over too much and they end up just running around. <laughs> sometimes like especially like the bigger dudes like you have like the fodder smaller yeah. dudes so you have grunts and you, yeah and then the blue jackals the blue guys. and elites yeah elites are the blue guys okay yeah the blue guys like there was this one it's in like the second level the one where you had to go to the different like take the warthog to the different places uh oh you mean the big big blue guys now that i'm thinking about yeah it. those are hunters okay hunters that's the ones but there's one of those areas and there was, like, a bunch of the little grunt enemies and, like, two of the blue guys. Mm-hmm. And, like, I-, I swear, like, the blue guy was just, like, running away from me. Like, I'm running around this structure, like, trying to find him. And then when I do, he's just, like, got his gun up and he's, like, running left and right. Like, just not doing anything. And it's, like, and usually I don't think about AI when I play games, but it's just something that kind of stood out to me in the outdoor segments. And then I couldn't unsee it. Yeah. Like, it behaves much better to bring it back around to the greater indoor versus outdoor thing. It behaved way better in the corridor segments, but those are a lot more boring aesthetically. Like there's like a trade-off, like part of it works better in the outdoors, part of it works better in the indoors. And it doesn't quite, you know, ever come into its own. I think in this first game, I'm assuming it's better in the sequels. I agree with that. Oh yeah. 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 Like Halo 2's campaign is better than Halo 1's. And I think Halo 3's is, about on par. ODST is, I think, a fucking glorious standout that nobody ever plays. But I know yeah, people, ODST is like the standard barrier for people like us. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> like this is what we want out of shooters. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah it, it's a meme at this point. How much people who like love to talk about games and the way we would talk about games suck on ODST and how great it is. <laughs> uh, but under the indoor outdoor points, super important context point that I think should be kept in mind is that this game essentially invented what we understand as the outdoor segment. There was not like a, a history of shooters that had huge open world environments where you switch between vehicles and conventional traversal for these kind of problems until Halo 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And so I want to give them credit for that, since the assumptions that they were working from, historically speaking, were a bunch of systems designed for the hallway segments. Yeah. And I don't, I, uh, I don't think you're implying this, but I just want to point out to the listeners, I'm I do not hate like, you. I'm not dunking on this game at all. Right. It's just like my perspective is, I just played it for the first time, and it's interesting to look back on. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I hate it when you say things. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you too, Jamie. Yeah. The the AI and the way, the way that the behavioral is a good way of putting it because it's like. They're supposed to react to things. Yeah, like the quintessential example is when you're shooting at the hunter enemies. They do that duck move. Yeah, marginal uh, correction there. I thought you were talking about hunters. These are elites. Okay, the big blue ones. Well, these bigger, bluer ones with (laughs) spikes on their back and they... uh, Those guys aren't blue. They're barely blue. I I thought they were white. Like they're like I thought they were like black and white. We're oh, okay. They could they be like black. Shoot, they I, shoot the green. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah those yeah, guys are black rats. and white. Those are blue to me. Uh, yeah. Well, what in we... the HD version, they looked black and white. Did we just me. find another fucking dress thing on the Halo one? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Are hunters black <laughs> and white, or are they blue and gold? Who knows? <laughs> anyway, Comment below. So I don't mean those guys. Yeah. I meant just the blue ones, like the 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 sky blue. Yeah, the, these, well, there are multiple colors of the elites, but yeah, the the ones. Well, yeah, then there's like the red ones often. or yeah. brown or whatever. Yeah, um, cool quad mouths. I yeah, say, like quad yeah. Mouths. I meant like the in like the second level, the blue, the blue guys. How many mm. other ways can we think of to describe elites without <laughs> calling them elites? Yeah, long heads. <laughs> the long heads, small guns. So when I shoot at the long heads and they duck out of the way. Uh huh. Now, um. God, that sounds very <laughs> racist. Uh, <laughs> it is racist. Yeah, the it is definitely yeah, the racist, yeah. Uh, but no, like, they will dodge out of the way. Uh, but if you throw grenades at them, they'll, like, jump out of the way and shit. Yeah. And if you kill the elites, then the grunts, like, panic and run around. That's so cute. And I feel like that is what the game originally was sold on when it comes to, or as far as, like, the AI plugging goes. People talk about, like, that the enemies behavior realistically. They react to the things that you do. And that actually was really unique at the time. And they still kind of duck me at times, you know? Like, have you, like when you're playing this game, despite having played it multiple times before, there were definitely periods where I was just like, I cannot fucking hit this thing. Like, he is moving in such a way that I am finding it very difficult to actually yeah. land shots. It, it, it didn't feel like it was actually reacting to you, though. It feels like the system in place is like either you're shooting at them so it waits like oh so much time and then it has them do the duck and that it waits oh so much time and then it has them do it again like mm-hmm. it, it feels very um chunky it feels very like a like what it is like determined by a computer like by an algorithm <laughs> right that tells it to do it at like an equal frequency if you are shooting at them that's what i mean when i say chunky Yes, or chunky to the layman. Thank you. (laughs) To the J-man? Yes. Don't you dare. (laughs) I have enough fucking names in my life. To the (laughs) J-J. God. Uh, But yeah, and then... I don't want to get. I don't want to have this be a Halo retrospective, right? Like that's not what I'm here to do, uh-huh. because I could easily continue on this tangent and say like, 
these indoor outdoor sections were very cool in Halo 1, but they really did it better in the sequels. And like the colors were more vibrant and the enemies were more varied, etc., etc. Halo 2 rocks. And they make Cortana like way hotter. Yeah, She's right. So much hotter, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what we really needed. Yeah, yeah, we did. That's what I was looking for, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not her two delicately sculpted ass cheeks <laughs> in this game. Uh, <laughs> um, God. But that is, it is like going back to this makes it feels a lot more tedious than it was when I played it the first time. Agreed. Like, uh, Assault on the Control Center is, in my opinion, the most egregious example of this, but it has a tendency to repeat segments. And that mission is just repeated segments 11 times in a row. Yeah. You go across an identical bridge into an identical circular room from there into another identical circular room across another bridge into another identical circular room. You do it like a million yeah. times. I mean, that's the way all the indoor levels are. Yeah. They're like, they have these chunks of level that they then copy flip and then paste and you go through like an identical area, but it's backwards. Right. Uh, and I think that's kind of just the way games development was at the time, especially games that looked as good as this at the time they had to you had to pick your battles mm-hmm. right if they want it to look this good then they don't have as much money and time to develop new assets so they have to make do with what they have and that's often why they were trying to lean on these behavioral ai engines so that they could mix and match these discrete different enemies together in ways that created challenges that were new and unique in very very rote and repeated environments and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't i mean we're, we're talking about systems not totally under the control of the intent of the developers here so oftentimes you get big elites who run away from you in circles for hours <laughs> uh, but it works well enough that i feel like a lot the actual gameplay loops were pretty smooth most of the time for me even playing on some of the harder modes that are naturally going to create more hitches and stops within those particular loops yeah, that was one thing I was curious is about, is if the AI behaved smarter on higher difficulties. I assume it does to some degree. I didn't play it through multiple times. Yeah, so I was just playing it on normal. So. Yeah, I don't think that we had the comparison. I So I recently played Doom Eternal. Uh, in fact, I finished Doom Eternal like within 12 hours of when I first started playing Halo, and that was a jarring fucking transition, <laughs> and I don't recommend it. Uh, but I... When I played Doom Eternal, I played it on... We're going to call it hard because I'm not uh, ordering at a novelty restaurant (laughs) and I'm going to say ultra-violence like it's a real difficulty setting. Uh, (laughs) And so I came off of that and was like, I don't know, I found that pretty tough but manageable. I can probably play Halo, which I've played multiple times already, on Heroic, which is the next to hardest, also hard. Uh, And... I don't think that was the right decision uh, because I haven't played a Halo game in probably eight years uh, since four at the the earliest. Played Halo Four. I did play Halo Four. I liked Halo Four. Oh, yeah! yeah. Wow. Fight me <laughs> in the comment section. Yes. <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. We will harass you real good. <laughs> yeah. Get on down. Uh, but for my understanding yes the ai does behave differently on the higher difficulty levels but a lot of what it does is sort of like cheap to some extent like uh had did you also playing on heroic have an instance where you 
took a plasma grenade and attached it to another enemy from a distance of greater than zero feet. Oh, yeah. I didn't. That's because you got to lead them shots, Chad. You got to get good. No, what you do is you either hit them when they aren't looking at you, or they do the electric slide and <laughs> will never once connect with with the grenade. I will admit that I did only do it when they weren't looking at me. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I felt like such a badass, and I think they they designed it so that you will do what i did but it was just one of those things where it clicked mm-hmm. the design of it where you come out it's in i think the level before the library like when you make your way to it guilty spark yeah yeah that one you come out of like a a cave or something into like a snowy bridge thing and there are those what are what are they called like the the halos close range jets that they fly around in and shoot you oh the ones that hover but don't fly not the ghosts okay those are ghosts banshees Banshees Banshees. fly those and i just like threw a grenade at one of them and it stuck onto it and blew it up as it flew away and i was Mm -hmm. like yes (laughs) (laughs) like like that's exactly (laughs) what they wanted and it felt great to do yeah that's honestly and we'll talk about vehicles in a minute but they really succeeded at least in my opinion at setting the bar for like how the vehicles interact with ground-based combat to the point where in the multiplayer of halo one there were vehicles that you could drive and it didn't fuck shit up and if you played any other like fps that attempted to include vehicles they usually fuck shit up like battlefield didn't even get it right until like the late 2000s mm-hmm. like they could get vehicles and they're like a a war sim game <laughs> uh but yeah that kind of moment with the banshees is really great i love the fact that you can shoot dudes out of the driver's seat of ghosts and and warthogs mm-hmm. and like, it makes a difference between just blowing it up yeah and killing the driver you can then hijack it mm-hmm. and shit it's it's just really well done in that uh and guilty spark is arguably my favorite level in this game all due respect to the classics but guilty spark is great and then it's followed by the library which makes me dread life so dude i, I had heard rumblings in my childhood about the library level mm-hmm I loved it. Everything in my life told me that to expect that to be like a horrible hellscape. And apparently I just love horrible hellscapes. <laughs> I liked it too, but I, I felt like it was maybe 20% too long. Yeah. Especially with the copy pasted, uh, layout. Yeah. Uh, what I was, what I told Andy about the library and I think is the accurate way of looking at it. You may be a crazy person. Uh, <laughs> Is that the library, first time through the library is great because it has the, it's the level that has the best narrative beat yeah, in the, the whole The introduction game. of the flood is really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which we haven't, this is the twist in the podcast where we talk about the flood for the first time. Uh, also the twist in the game where you get to meet the flood, uh, which I think are great. Uh, the actual design of it is like spooky and labyrinthine. Is that how you pronounce that? Labyrinthine? Yeah, labyrinthine, yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> it is maze-like, uh, which honestly harks back to older shooters uh, that were like almost entirely maze-based it, games. It felt a little Doom-esque. Yeah. Maze Sims. Maze Sims. <laughs> um, 
So like I love the library the first time, but it's that it's the level that I feel like maybe it's just me, but I feel like is a universal thing where it's like when you go to replay a game, there's that one part that you dread playing again. Mm-hmm. This the library is that for me because I know it's going to take a long time and I know I already know the twist so like half of the appeal is gone. Fair. Uh and the, the like the initial flood encounters pretty rough all things considered. Absolutely. <laughs> as in hard or uh, as in bad. Hard is what okay. I was going for cuz yeah. the the little swarm guys we before you know what how to deal with them. Yeah, it's a difference in kind. Yeah. That, sure. Yeah, it catches you off guard, yeah. I forget, like, what even got us to here? We <laughs> should continue talking about that. We are as the river. We <laughs> flow where the video games take us. Someone brought up grenades, and then I said throwing the grenade at the banshees, and you talked about vehicles, and somehow we got to talking about the flood. I don't remember. Well, we were talking about level design, like, kind of by and large, but I think this is probably a good place to... Stop, because I really am itching to talk about the other differences in kind in the more granular elements of design and weapon selection, and that sounds like second half material. That's what I was going to say, yeah. All right. Then yeah. say it. After the break. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I missed that juice. Oh. JJ hasn't heard that in so many months. It's been many, many moons. God, give me your surgical tubing. <laughs> <laughs> uh. guns uh halo is a first person shooter and as of right now we've talked about map design we've talked about enemy ai we've talked about aesthetics so let's get into what halo means to culture at large which is shooting things with guns at with mass appeal uh so I'm a I'm a Halo fan generally. I would I count myself among their numbers. I'm not much of a multiplayer person, but uh, of the Halo games I've played, the thing that shocked me the most going back to Halo One, the battle rifle doesn't exist in this game. It's just the assault rifle. It's like the only bullet shooting gun that you have that isn't the pistol. I am tired of the battle rifle's monopoly over all gun-based Halo discussion. Battle rifle feels good to use. It does. The assault rifle feels like nothing. It feels like spraying a garden hose at your opponents. That's what it is. Yes, it is. It's a garden hose of little bitty lead chunks. (laughs) Do some hurting and stuff. How did you how did you feel about the sh- as somebody who doesn't have other halos to compare it to? Uh-huh. What did the like what guns did you like to use? Like the two gun limit means that you had to sort of like pick. Yeah. And did you feel like there was perhaps missing like a mid to long range <laughs> rifle that had a three shot burst fire and uh, a scope. And a scope. <laughs> uh I think my favorite gun was the plasma rifle. The Word one nice. that the the what what are they called the elites? Yeah, the elites. The elites. Oh, I love use. you every day. What a good pick yeah. for favorite weapon. The plasma rifle was probably my favorite, and I usually had one of those in the green gun. The the smaller. Oh, the plasma pistol. The plasma pistol. Yeah, yeah. those two were the ones I used the most. Uh, the green ones were just like the most plentiful gun, yeah. so that's why it was the second one. Uh, the assault rifle, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
was definitely something I recognized. Like the gun with the ammo count on the little screen was something like I knew from Halo. Mm-hmm. I found that I ran out of ammo on that so fast that I almost never, ever used it because uh, I would just, like, use it when they gave it to me at the beginning and then just be done with it. And like, okay, whatever. And I actually kind of liked that, like, scavenging for guns. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yep. Uh, later in the game, I liked the shotgun a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, that was good for the little flood enemies. Just blast them. Blast. With the shotgun. Uh, so anyway, I started blasting. So no, I for, for me, um, the kids love you. Yeah, I didn't feel like there was anything missing. I actually kind of disliked the sniper rifle. The one mission they make you use that that I played. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I liked the the plasma rifle a lot and was not hurting for any other guns. I want to jump in and say. We were not talking about favorite weapons when I brought up the battle rifle. Mm-hmm. I did feel like that option was missing, but the sniper rifle does fill that role to some extent. Like, the sniper in this game is pretty satisfying to use in a way that the assault rifle is not. It, it felt tacked on to me, though. Like, it didn't feel like it was factored into the design of the game at I all. I agree with that entirely. Yeah. It's, it's like that error. one mission was kind of designed around it. I don't even <laughs> think you really needed it. The game wants you to be active so much. It's for the multiplayer, I guess. Yeah. So you can be cool and shoot people in the mm-hmm. head and be like, oh, I, shot you. I shot you in the head. Yeah. yeah. Suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, my favorite weapon in the game, and in fact, <laughs> you're really loving Is it the your gr- own joke. <laughs> Picturing in my head now the like like quaint 18th century European Halo player that is that has the mind of a modern Halo player, but the body and the cultural context of someone with a with just a lot of plain English speak, like a Regency era Halo <laughs> player. Yeah. Are you gonna say the grenade? No, though that's a good pull because I do love the plasma grenade. I think it's a the plasma grenade invented a whole fucking thing in shooters like the sticky grenade that just didn't exist before and now is in everything Mm -hmm. um and i respect it for that but the needler is in my top 10 fps weapons of all time the little crystal gun yeah Yeah. i fucking hated that gun (laughs) you should if you're playing (laughs) Halo one yeah okay it's a terrible gun but a fantastic idea for a gun. Yeah. And they're like homing. Yes. Things. Semi-homing. Yeah. The design, amazing. Yeah. The look of the gun with all the crystals sticking out. Looks super a+. good. And I love the mechanic of, uh, and I don't know if this is ever explained in game, mm-hmm. but I'm familiar from online context as the super combine explosion, where if you hit, if you land eight shots of the needler, uh, they just explode and kill the person that you've attacked. And that is, like, it respects aim, because they home, but it's like a real light homing, so you do still have to be, like, paying attention. In the neighborhood, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of enemies can kind of, like, get out of the way if they're aware of you shooting at them. It's just a cool weapon. I love, like, the little pink needles flying through the air. It's, like, a cool visual. And when it reloads, it's cool. Yeah, and they, like, pulls out the new needles and shit. Uh, so that's my favorite weapon, and I did like to keep one on me a lot of the time in Halo 1 just for the sake of it, but you're right, it's not it's not super good, but that's probably to its benefit. Like, the fact that it isn't broken is a good thing mm-hmm. uh, for game balance purposes. 
Uh, shotgun is probably the most satisfying weapon in the game to use. Because the assault rifle, once again, is like uh, vigorously like, shaking a yeah, salt like, shaker nearby it's, someone. It's just, it's an ammo based weapon, and none of the other, except the shotgun, mm-hmm. are. Handgun. They, Oh, and the, I, who fucking uses that? Dude, the, the handgun of this game is literally <laughs> really? is literally legendary for being too good. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> like, you can I... use... Because it has a scope on it, you can 2x zoom, mm. and you can use it like a See, semi-bad sniper rifle that isn't terrible at I I really don't like scope weapons in first-person shooters. I don't like the change in perspective, Yeah. Uh, personally, and I don't like things that limit my field of vision either. But, uh, so I never use that feature... But I don't know. It just, I always forgot that I had it. It, it has that syndrome. Like, there are just features in games that always feel like they're that one more thing that I just forget about. And mm-hmm. the pistol was that for me. Well, I feel like the pistol is that for most people in most shooters, right? Like, most of them are not super satisfying to use, don't do enough that they're, like, worth it. But the plasma pistol. <laughs> but the plasma pistol. Because the plasma, the smart thing to do in this game is to always have a plasma pistol on you because they disable shields. Mm. So you can, like, charge up a shot, hit a shield, and then put that shit in your pocket where it belongs and pull out <laughs> a real man's gun. <laughs> A big, thick, girthy shotgun. Yeah, yes. To get things done. Yeah, to finish off the the person that you weaken. Yeah, once all their defenses are down. And I feel like that is the the core gameplay loop. <laughs> the very masculine <laughs> gameplay loop. Also, I love the melee attack. Melee, yeah. yeah. Master Chief is apparently like the strongest person in the entire world. Well, that's what the game wants you to think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, because your melee is crazy strong, like, compared to what bullets do. (laughs) Like, if you shot me with an assault rifle, even the shitty assault rifle that exists in Halo 1, that is more akin to a light rain than it is to a gun, Uh uh, it is, it would probably, one shot would probably do a good job. At stopping me from doing whatever it was I was doing. See, that's the we're getting too theoretical here because I have yet to be shot by guns. I don't really know (laughs) what happens to my body when lead enters it in a way that is not intended. But consider that happening one time from an assault rifle. You'd probably say that sucks. I never want to do that again. I know how I uh-huh. feel about it, like, emotionally, yeah. but that's not really in question. <laughs> and you can shoot somebody 40 times <laughs> in Halo before they die, but you fucking elbow them in the face mm-hmm. two times and they're gone. Maybe it's like a cinder block thing where there is, for the Covenant, an, excre- an extreme diversity <laughs> between how much damage they can take from a piercing perspective mm-hmm. compared to a blunt force trauma <laughs> resistant to piercing damage weak yeah. to blunt damage right. I, I like the lore speculation right. <laughs> but I think the mechanical reason is just the balance in, they're, they're easier to dodge for the AI shut up Andy <laughs> <laughs> now the Covenant have their flesh made out of jello <laughs> <laughs> so that things slide through them uh-huh. real yeah. fast. Their their organs are just fluid sacks. They're like jellyfish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the actual like realistic argument for this is that they have shields, and the bullets bounce off the shields or like weaken the shields well, or whatever. Yeah, whenever and you, you punch shoot through at them. them, it's like Dune. You shoot at them enough times, and they have like that puff of blue, like right? Because you, you destroyed their shield. Yeah. So that is actually the answer. Yeah. Right. But. 
The melee attack is satisfying. You are correct. Yes, like, that's where I'm getting the, at. With like, this. like the the most fun thing, or maybe that's an exaggeration, but I really liked just punching the shield guys. Oh just, like, yeah, dusting the shield yeah. and then punching them. I love <laughs> punching gangly things. It, it just, <laughs> I, I just as somebody who doesn't find pointing and shooting at a guy as satisfying as the average man, mm-hmm. uh, I I appreciate the melee option yeah halo 2 introduces the fucking late the beam sword introduces them as a thing that you can use yeah because yeah. they are in this game yeah. oh fuck my and they kill you mm. in like one hit yeah i was i'm glad that it, that is also the case on normal because uh i replayed the opening three minutes of uh truth and reconciliation uh like 50 times because I could not get through that first room where they just put one of those guys in and then they just send waves in after that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the beam sword is like, it's like such, it's like an iconic thing in Halo. It's weird to me to remember that you couldn't use it in the first game. Agreed. What a great aesthetic design for a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Beautiful little thing. Cause like it's, especially like, is somebody who's thought about this because I was like a nerd uh, who liked to draw is like the idea of like a energy weapon in your mind, not just immediately going to the lightsaber. It's like, it's cool that they were able to make such a unique design for an energy sword. It's kind of the exact inverse of the lightsaber yeah. where there was energy. There's like a hole in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and all places except where the lightsaber yeah, it, beam it, would it be. It is a great design. Yeah. Well, and the way that like you grip it as well is like, it's horizontal. It's <laughs> literally the opposite of a lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it is, it is wrist destroying in mm. reality. It would annihilate one's most vulnerable well what's great about it like from a design perspective is also like because you don't it isn't used like a sword either it's more like a claw weapon or something yeah it's like like a brass knuckle (laughs) of energy an energy knuckle uh and it's like an extension of your melee yes it's like it's on the end of your punch yeah Yeah. basically so it is it is cool in that way and it it emphasizes sort of like the importance that the game places on master chief just punching somebody in the face yeah Yeah. i mean he is kind of like doom guy light yeah basically yeah he's doom guy without the murder and satanism Yeah. yeah well doom guy is just master chief plus duke nukem right like that's sort of where it lands doom guy is master chief if he was like created in a lab specifically only to kill things <laughs> yeah, yeah and master chief is like the real world version master chief knows how to love yeah exactly i master literally chief is like a real guy i had in my mind i was waiting for the opportunity to say that i can't picture doom guy enjoying sex in the way right. that you can with duke nukem or master chief true and it's it's almost like expl- like doom guy <laughs> I want to I want to yeah. sh- ship Duke Duke Nukem and Master Chief as a couple. I could see that. Yeah, you know? ten seconds is what that would require <laughs> to, find, <laughs> to find that already. Existing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We lost our uh, desktop wallpaper gag from like two <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Should have put that up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, we've now gone on to the general libido of of green space marine characters, uh, which makes me feel like we've gotten slightly off the point. Uh Uh-huh. From how cool the weapons are and how diverse... The point of the energy sword. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these, these actually... So, I don't expect a whole lot in terms of, like, weapon variety. What is here is cool, uh, and... 
Well, honestly, what kind of pulls it all together for me, and I don't know if you guys agree, is the limited but interesting variety of enemies. Yes. Mm, I (laughs) half agree with that. I feel like you would be the one to not agree. (laughs) So, like, uh, this is... When we were talking earlier about sort of map design and the fact that, like, they do copy and paste a lot of things, the fact that the enemies have different behavior is what keeps it playable, like, in all of that. And I think that the the three main enemy types, your grunts, jackals, and elites, mm-hmm. are all pretty good, all things considered. I like them visually, I like the way that they play, and I like the way their AI works. Um, it's the... I have an issue with hunters, but we can get into that in a second. What is your beef, Andy? I don't really have a beef, it's just there's only those main three, and it feels like they keep it to only mostly those three for too long. Yeah, it 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 got it it got to the point where it felt repetitive, like as far as like pacing of the game goes. Like I really liked the moment when like the flood was introduced as like the new threat. It feels like that should have been earlier, based on like how little enemy variety there was up till then. Mm -hmm. But you know that's like a a nitpicky thing. It's. It was starting to wear thin for me by the time the flood showed up, and then it was like a huge uh, breath of fresh air. I think that they're, you know, given if they would have had the resources to do so, the existence of another bullet-weak covenant enemy that isn't the grunts would have been good, like an actual threat that is, mm-hmm. that is weak to bullets comparatively, because the core loop of the... the the flood fills that role later in the game. Something that's like really fast. It yeah. Can like charge at you and stuff. Yeah. But then was relatively easy to kill. It, the game does a fantastic. The design of the game allows you to have these interesting tensions between how good you want to be at various ranges and, in addition to that, against energy or physical based threats. And that's really cool and interesting. And from a high-tier perspective, they clearly wanted the Flood to be bullet-weak and the Elise to be disproportionately energy-weak. Um, but you, because it needs all of those forces working in tandem to really get into its best stride, it, those moments when you're leading up and the Flood isn't quite there yet kind of shifts the balance off enough that it keeps it from being as interesting as it could have been. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think... The the difference between uh, having, like, a bullet en- gun and an energy gun is emphasized, like, a little bit too strongly, especially in the higher difficulties, because it is borderline impossible to remove an elite with, a, with an assault rifle in a situation where there's more than just him there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think because of that, it makes you rely a lot on the energy weapons. Uh, and then when they introduce the flood later in the game, you've like scrambled what you place importance on. Uh, I personally never leave home without an assault rifle in Halo One, uh, mostly because like I feel like the bullets last a long time if you're only using them on grunts. Uh, but then it's just sort of a a mess to try and like make sure that you always have something available to kill elites and they ended up posing kind of a problem for me in my playthrough and i think it interrupted flow in a way that i don't 
really like. I agree. I, since I also put it on the same higher difficulty as you, uh, I my gun selection loadout was consistently always shotgun plus plasma rifle, ideally, but those were so comparatively rare that I often had to just pick other bullshit, like yeah. the sniper rifle or just grenade launchers. Uh, which or were my fucking needler. Never, never. <laughs> I, I looked at the needle like all people who play Halo One. I looked at the needle and was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Uh, I died, and then you throw it on the ground and then pick up a new <laughs> weapon and do a different thing. Uh, but yeah, the the grenade launcher is a good way to deal with the elites. Uh, I mean, it's a way to deal with the elites. <laughs> Having played on normal, I had no idea there were different enemy weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, was pretty except... much always using a plasma weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use. I, I played this game on, I believe, all difficulties. I have beaten it on Legendary uh, in my youth playing in multiplayer. Because in case you're unaware, the way that multiplayer works is if somebody dies, the other person just respawns. <laughs> so you never die completely unless both of them die. So uh, it's real easy to beat the game on Legendary. Uh this was, I think I've played solo uh, Heroic before, but I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, below that, it is it is definitely less important what your weapon choice is. While we're talking about cred, how many skulls did you find? Zero. Uh, I think four. No, you found the terminals. Oh, yeah. I found maybe two Interesting. Skulls? Oh, wow. Good. Good job. <laughs> One on the beach level, I can remember, because it felt like a really obvious path up a little cliff thing. Yeah. I wasn't searching for them, uh, for what it's worth, and if I were to get any of them, it would have just been because I remembered, because I did get all of the skulls when I played this originally, because oh, I was yeah. a child. Oh, good skulls, yeah. <laughs> what do they do? They're, most of them, correct me if I'm wrong here, hurt you severely Mm -hmm. and one of them makes it when you shoot grunts in the head uh it plays a a sound clip of children going yay and confetti shoots out (laughs) yeah it's a video game yeah skulls uh grunt birthday party is amazing Mm -hmm. uh but then the other ones are like uh your shield doesn't recharge unless you get a melee kill Mm. uh you you don't have a shield i think is one of them and like if you die you just go back to the beginning of the level instead of at the checkpoint you know that's a mechanical thing of enormous cataclysmic importance uh that is interesting to hear your takes on this is the game that started shield recharging as a thing and auto regenerating health and incapacity notably the game doesn't have completely auto regenerating health that wouldn't happen until some of the later call of duties but the game has a, a discrete distinction between a health bar that comes back if you pause and a health bar that you have to find regenerating health profiles for. Uh, I liked this a lot better than your standard regening health, mm-hmm. uh, like in like an Uncharted or whatever Call of Duty. Um, but and he's like, he's the, the smaller Andy that in his brain is going through a card catalog <laughs> yeah. looking for games shooters. with guns. <laughs> um. But, like, I've come down pretty hard on the side of I prefer, like, healing resource, like, managing a healing resource more than, like, regening health or, like, health packs. Like, 
it's like compared to it to like a like an RPG or something where you have potions. I like that sort of thing better. So you like a healing resource that is meta to individual encounters. So you wouldn't prefer this game to just have a bigger conventional health bar where you pick up packs. You'd prefer that you had like an item pouch if, with if, things that heal you. If you just got five health packs and that's all you had for the level. Why do you prefer that, do you think? I, I think because if you're designing a combat-centric game, right, health is an obvious... Uh, concern, right? Thing he had to design around, he had to think about. And I think it's just, you can either, because I think any other approach, you have to anticipate how players are going to play it, right? Like when they're going to need the health. And I think if you give them a healing resource and you're just, like, it establishes like a clearer, like, expectation for the level like you have this much health to get through this and you here it is mm. i think that's just so much simpler and in eggs in like in motion it just works a lot smoother than being stuck without a health pack or having to duck behind cover like you just have the resource when you need it and you know if you run out of it you fucked up <laughs> and then you die quicker and then you just get to start over like yeah. i think it just works smoother with that kind of resource management mm-hmm. and i've just come down really hard on the side of that's just pretty much always better am i wrong or did halo 2 remove the health bar completely god i cannot for the life of me remember i think it did i think, I think it think did too you after your shield goes down you just have like three shots and then you're dead from anything pretty much something like that yeah like it is they they remove the health bar completely and i almost prefer that but yeah i thought this system was challenging Mm -hmm. for me anyway like i did die you know like it it isn't like regening health where you can kind of manipulate that to just never get killed unless you get you know ambushed yeah Yeah, (laughs) caught out by something but like i thought this system was pretty solid given like other games that i've played i hate it why uh i <laughs> and also which half of it do you hate do you hate how halo did it or do you hate all regen health systems uh i don't hate all regen health systems it's a perspective problem for me i think that halo is a game that uses the non cover based shooter mechanics and forces you into cover occasionally. And I don't like that. Like, I, my preferred type of shooters, and this is not a secret, mm-hmm. uh, are the arcade type shooters, your Dooms and your, uh, like, Serious Sams and shit like that, where you avoiding damage involves you knowing where projectiles are coming from and getting out of the way of them. And Halo has that to it, but it also has a lot more and more intelligent enemies that are less predictable. Um, So what it would do is force me to crouch behind a rock for a minute and let my shield regen. And I just don't like doing that. Like, I don't like the downtime that that enforces. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and and I don't think the game necessarily is even made for it. Like, I don't see this game being better because you can hide behind a rock. Like, I think Master Chief as the narrative like sort of plays him up should be the type of person who would be able to kill an enemy and like rip its heart out and eat it for the health 
in the way that traditional health pickups sort of function. And that's the that kind of pickup is in some ways traditional and in other ways not. And mm -hmm. that's why I wanted to get back to your comparison, Andy, with it, like full managed health and often item based resource systems. Do you still prefer that to something like an intentionally designed incentive system like Doom 2016, where you have to perform the actions the devs intended to be healed? Uh, I think that works really well for Doom. Like they, it incentivizes you to play the game the way that it's meant to be played. So I think that works in that scenario. Um, I don't. I. It's hard to imagine what that game would be like if you had a healing resource. Yeah, so that seems like a more unique case. I think that's true. I think that Doom's mechanic, while I love it works in games that are very frantic like doom is and like what i think of is like the perfect healing concept executed is probably hollow knight and hollow knight's healing doesn't work in a lot of other games because you need another meaningful resource to actually dump the importance into mm -hmm. so that you ha and i don't think that halo could like halo is not gonna have like a hold b to heal <laughs> type mechanic like it just doesn't work that way it's kind of like um what is it the last of us where you have to actually like choose between health packs and volatiles, actually but... like bandaging yourself up takes time right when you do it and you have to put resources into it kind of similar yeah and but I, and i don't think that halo could halo is the kind of game where you pick up a, a gun yeah. and it says you picked up 600 rounds for your gun yeah. it's it's not uh, the yeah. kind of thing where you manage resources i kind of agree with what chad's implying it's like halo kind of sits at this middle ground between more realistic shooters and more arcadey ones but i feel in my mind it's a little bit more towards the doom side and i feel like a more health pack or like healing resource that like incentivizes action on your part makes more sense in halo or would make more sense in halo that's historically speaking given that this game was coming from like a very half-life focused perspective a game in which you had distinct numbered meters and like this is your <laughs> armor number and the places where you healed were weren't in a roundabout way you can say that they are incentivized because like you have to beat this room to get to the next place where you can heal but in function it's just similar to andy's idea where you have this much of a number and you have to get through this i think the shift from full numbered healing to the overshield as it exists in halo one was a good idea in context at the time mm -hmm. i am very very heavily towards things not specifically like Doom's example, where you kill a thing and get health back, right. but systems where as close as you possibly can, you link doing the incentivized activity towards just matching incentives. As much as you possibly can, always match incentives. And I think Doom did a great job of that. But, I think it's like the quintessential example of that. Yeah, from, yeah. from this point on anyway. Yeah. I, I really want to have a conversation outside of the podcast with you about Doom Eternal and how they handled it because it is fascinating to me. I haven't played it, so I don't know. Yeah, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah, but in Halo, the recognition that in the kind of shooter that they were designing and the kind of shooters like Half-Life where you don't have big physical things moving through the air where there are actual guns that can hit you and that you reach a point where even if you're playing the game in a way that the developers think is valid, you are inevitably going to get hit and reduce that number. Right. Creating a distinction between the 
a threshold of small damage that it is fine for you to take and a different threshold of unacceptable damage that you are permanently punished for through the duration of the level, I thought was a good and useful distinction. Yeah. It's interesting in context. This is something that I wish I would have researched more uh, to understand why they eventually thought that that full distinction was unnecessary. Because I did reach points in hard mode, especially in some of the flood levels where I quick saved at a super low, low health level, but had full amounts of shields and that made things way more difficult and way more tense and created a whole lot of gameplay loops that I can see them identifying as undesirable. That is, I think the key thing here is that the health packs, like the actual way that you heal physical health Mm -hmm. are so rare that I spent 99% of this game at one or two pips of health. Like I just, I would lose my shield. I'd lose most of my health then I would win the encounter and then I was just stuck at that for the rest of the level because yeah. you would only find one or two health packs through the whole thing. Yeah. That was my experience in like the first half of the game as well. Like I was always at like, like three. The first half of the game is a really good distinction there because the flood are way more likely to just murder you outright <laughs> than they are to deal some damage. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time, a bad situation with the flood kills you and starts you back over. So you're less likely to be in that scenario. True. But yeah, I, I, I do think the division that they created was interesting. And I do think that in context, the later move that we, to be clear, haven't even confirmed is true. Uh, (laughs) eventually moving to a full shield system and just having a set amount of damage over that shield that is unacceptable to take that says things that are interesting about the design and the way that players are expected to behave with things and i like that we are highly disagreeing here Uh, this is i like that there is like diversity under people's normative expectations of health systems yeah i mean to to kind of take chad's side a little bit like there were times when a fight like a firefight would go bad and i'm sorry go on it it, and you would you would lose your shields and you'd be on low health and like it does feel like you kind of just have to stop everything and go crouch down behind a rock and that happens infrequently enough that it, it, it feels out of place. Like, it doesn't really feel like that's what the game wants you to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I do feel like there's kinks there in the system. Like, I still think this system was a lot more enjoyable than just, like, auto-regen health, though. So I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked this to death because it's, like, a big piece of, like, shooter history is like the way that shooters have over time treated health uh because regenning health was like a big thing and then it became kind of not in vogue and And now people make fun of it because of hit scan weapons yeah and a lot of it makes sense in their design reasons for all of it and i think that halo actually makes a lot of sense the way that it is the particular thing i want to call out is that the game has a distinction between you're mostly being shot with energy weapons, but the uh, plasma pistol specifically can neutralize your shields instantly. And I think that that is an interesting enough reason. Like if there was all else considered, you just had a health bar and health pickups in the game. Mm-hmm. Like it was a traditional first person shooter. And somebody said, what about a gun that, given a significant charge time and like a scenario in which you're actually struck by the projectile, it puts you on like 
instant panic mode. Mm-hmm. I would be like, put a shield in this game for those moments. Because I think that is such a good mechanic that I, I just really enjoy the tension that it creates. So I have nothing really against Halo's system. I just don't like hiding behind rocks. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? And to confirm, Halo 2 does remove the health bar from the HUD. However, you do have health that regenerates with your shields. Um, but it's just like minimal, so it's kind of hidden. But don't worry, guys. Canonically, this is explained because there is biofoam in the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's regenerating biofoam. It's biofoam, so don't even worry about is it. Is that what you have instead of muscles? Is that why you're so strong? Because <laughs> you got this rapidly expanding foam. <laughs> Launches your body, yeah, you know, muscles, biofoam. It's oh, kind of that's the same. why you're so floaty when you're jumping. <laughs> it's because you're made of foam. Yeah, it's because yeah. you got all that air in your yeah. body. <laughs> Move over, rocket boots. <laughs> biofoam is here. God. Uh, can we talk about how shitty and terrible the <laughs> warthogs' controls are? No, I, fuck you. Yeah, because we both like it. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we are in the same... This conversation we are about to have is the Shadow of the Colossus horse conversation a second uh, time. I don't think so. It's not quite the same. Fine. Uh, everyone disagrees with everyone is what we're, <laughs> we're landing on here. Because the, the Warthog, it, it felt like trying to write left-handed. Yes. Like, like... It, it it feels like you're almost like steering the car with the back wheels or something. Like it it something about it feels off the way it controls. If to me. off, you mean hilarious all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna deny that. Like it just, I want it's why doesn't it just control like a regular vehicle? Like the ghosts control normally. Because then it why be... does the warthog not? <laughs> it wait, be funny. wait, 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 wait. The ghosts do not control differently than the warthog. Yes, they, yeah, do. they do. How? They're slidey. They're like one, one. Okay. Oh, because the ghost can move laterally, yeah. and the warthog is on tires. Correct. <laughs> and the warthog, the ghost feels like you're controlling one object with one center of mass mm-hmm. that you're moving around like an air hockey puck on top of the ground, and the warthog feels like you're controlling an object that has two centers of mass yep. that is attached together, and the back one just you have no control over no matter what you do. <laughs> and it it's, swings around Yeah, wildly. it's just flipping around like two halves, left brain and light, yeah. right brain. Yeah, steering the ghost feels like steering a vehicle in a video game. And then the warthog is, yeah, it's like a weird two-axis thing that's always like wiggling around. Yeah, yeah. it's... it's it's it, funny, yes. It's half gelatin. But man, is it frustrating to control. And we will get to the fact that the last mission of this game involves you just driving oh, yeah. the warthog intensely. I, I watched the <laughs> final mission, uh, and I was like, oh man, thank God I didn't have to do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I'm, my defense of the warthog is actually different than it is funny, even though I do agree with that. <laughs> and that is worthy of a plaque on the wall <laughs> for why the warthog is great. But the uh, the thing that I like about vehicles in Halo is because they all it, spoilers it it don't change. No. <laughs> yeah, the Warthog always controls like That's this. That's so bizarre. They leaned into it so hard. You have no idea. <laughs> Every is... other Halo game was like, yes, this is what all vehicles I, need to be. I'll never <laughs> understand that decision. <laughs> the positive thing that comes out of it though is that all vehicles, land, sea, or air. I don't think they're sea vehicles and yeah, Halo, but just in case, <laughs> control exactly the same way. Like, there's never a learning curve where you have to like understand 
how to move around. You just get in, and when you move the camera, the vehicle turns in that direction. Like, that's just the way that it works. And I think that the the flight controls with the Banshee were worth making the Warthog controls. Because, like, how often were you really in Warthog? Like, Three, three times? Three times. Yeah. <laughs> three times. All right, we've got it. Well, this is a really good game that understood exactly how many times we were in a Warthog. Okay. Uh, and, like, the more important controls are, like, the tank, which you have a ton of fucking, like, you have time and armor to deal with the controls in the tank. And then the Banshee, which if you don't know how to fly a Banshee immediately, you will die. <laughs> so it's good that it controls the same way because it means that the pickup time is a lot faster. Did they need to extend that into eight consecutive games? Probably not. But here we are uh, with the same controls for the whole series. And so it's like kind of a unique thing and is like a trademark Halo thing yeah. to me. I just I can't understand why they decided to make it control <laughs> that way, though. You can get good at it. It's not well, random. It's I mean, not random. You can get good at anything. I, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> why not just make it control like a vehicle in a video game? Because it's so funny, Andy. It's so <laughs> incredibly stupid, and it creates these emergent situations it, I, I, I feel that are like ridiculous. The thing that it's lacking is some kind of justification <laughs> for me. I need to turn into a twelve-year-old and immediately show you like a bunch of early, I, early YouTube Warthog compilation <laughs> videos. I'm not disagree. I I think it is funny. I'm sure there are people who were great at it. All these compilation videos aren't just comedy. Some of them are just like, oh, I did this cool 360 <laughs> flip thing that I never actually tried to do, but did land perfectly. <laughs> that the Warthog's ridiculous controls and center of gravity enable. I, I want to say that there's like, I, I don't know if this is, this is not a term that I've ever considered using before, mm -hmm. but there's like a physical continuity to Halo in a way that is startling giving how weird everything feels at times the fact that the warthog controls like a slinky where you're holding the front of it and not the back of it <laughs> and just moving it around with your hand is kind of in line with the way that master chief's jump feels where you have like absolutely no air control whatsoever mm -hmm. but you jump like 50 feet in the air for no reason <laughs> and like ghosts bounce off of shit and do flips because they're like not on the ground they have repulsors and like feel like gelatin it's like a weirdness that is consistent through the whole game yeah halo has its own perfectly consistent fictional gravity yeah bouncy the, physics it, it feels right on the ghosts though i thought the ghost felt incredible and yeah i loved the ghosts but like the warthog it just didn't feel right to me it feels worse also because unless you have a guy in the gunner seat there's no you have no offensive capabilities beyond running a dude over mm -hmm. which you just cannot do reliably nope uh so I, no, I I totally feel your pain, and I assure you that a ton of people in two thousand one also did, <laughs> and I am I I assume just Stockholmed into loving the into the loving the word eye controls. Do we have anything else we want to talk about before we get into final thoughts? Yes. Okay, what is it? <laughs> the like the second or third line that the sergeant ever says in the very opening of the game. Uh, is that, and this is just, just the most 2000 era cultural moment. Uh, 
is that you soldiers are going to run out there and you're going to strangle those aliens to death with their own guts. Oh, and yeah. that is just <laughs> is the exact maturity level that <laughs> <laughs> the game is and wanted it to be. I have no follow-up for that. I right. just needed to make sure that it was here. <laughs> I have a very small follow-up, which is something that doesn't get talked about with Halo is that a lot of the people like to talk about the fact that this game presents a mature story which it kind of does it's like a science fiction story but it's like better told than most first person shooter stories at the time uh the game's sense of humor is incredibly juvenile in a way that is like i almost like trademarked at this point damn it, my phone's out of reach there was God, I can't remember it. But for for how juvenile the humor was, the working project name of Halo before it was called Halo, before uh-huh. Microsoft bought it or anything else, was something so ridiculous that like people were reticent to tell it to their parents. God, why can't I think of this? It was like Mama Chunks or like Monkey Boner. Like it was like that tier. <laughs> but I'm sure it was not you have to Monkey this. Boner. It was fucking close to Monkey Boner. Well, there's, uh, there's a skull. And in addition to that, like a segment, like the levels have individual like named segments in them. Uh-huh. Uh, in Assault in the Control Room, the first segment is called I Would Have Been Your Daddy. And the... Follow up is, but the dog beat me, beat me over the fence. Like that is, and they've brought that joke back. What? Like it's in the sequel as well. Oh my God. <laughs> like, so they, it is, it is just, and like the grunts and they're like real, like high pitched voices running around and like screaming about shit. Uh-huh. Like everything is very like cartoony in the way that like the humor is presented but the game does not acknowledge that ever oh yeah you can it's like the game wants to be serious but the developers allowed a much enough of themselves into the game to let you know that they were super into happy tree friends when that was around (laughs) i don't know how to google that in a way to find it all right stop the goddamn podcast I have found the source. I have found the source. Uh-huh. You make it fun of me. Oh, it's not Monkey Boner. It's not Monkey Boner. You know what the actual name of the project's working title was? It was Monkey Nuts. God damn it. <laughs> Why would they call it? It's working title. I don't know. I'm not big on the industry lingo. No, this was never this was going never to be a released thing. No, it was never. Before they knew what the title was, mm-hmm. they just called the game Monkey Nuts. <laughs> To themselves, which is fair, because clearly they wanted to make something serious. Mm-hmm. They cared about like the aesthetics of what they were releasing very much. Uh, they just also were making video games like in 2000. Yeah, so and Monkey were... Nuts just came to mind. Yeah, it was just real funny, that Monkey Nuts joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other things I have are that the robot in the library level is Wheatley 1.0. Uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a uh, has like a vaguely British accent. He floats around and looks identical to how the 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 what were the, spheres? I don't I don't know whatever cores. they were AI cores. cores? Yeah. yeah, in in Portal do. Uh, and he did like a he does like an interface thing. Yep, he's got the blue eye. Mm-hmm. I could I don't know. It was probably because I have the literally maybe the worst audio setup I could ever conceive of when I'm not wearing headphones and playing things on my PC. Uh-huh. Uh I could not understand a word of what he was saying most of the time and didn't really care. 
the heavy echo on on everything he says. Ah, that's what it. Sounds like there's like uh, he's speaking, and they were like, "Where's the voice going to be coming from? Probably inside of the middle of it, right?" <laughs> so they put like a layer over top of it where it's just hard to hear. Can I take a moment to explain to both of you what my current audio setup is? Sure. Yeah, at <laughs> my, my house. Okay. So my computer doesn't have an audio card it is just using the onboard audio systems uh and (laughs) running the oh you're already cringing i'm so happy about this chat okay so um, it's running through the onboard audio systems of a motherboard from like 2013 okay uh and then through through the hdmi port of that it is connected to a vizio television a nice 1080p Vizio from like 2000 and I want to say 14, something around there. Uh-huh. And the audio of that Vizio TV is broken in such a way that the speakers hum. And I can't use the onboard speakers of the television. And it is like way over bases everything that comes into the TV through any source. So I have that plugged into the, to the aux jack of the television. I have plugged in the like terrible half-broken speakers that i used for our D campaign uh-huh. uh that's also 10 years old and i have those set up at different points so i have like four different volume knobs that i can adjust at any point and i have the exact numbers written down that they all need to be <laughs> why don't you just wear headphones uh because the headphone jack on the actual tower is like loose or broken in some way so you lose like the audio if you move in the wrong way correct yeah. and i can't really deal with that that's unfortunate yeah yeah so I'm scavenging real well, and that's what I'm doing, and I'm good at it. In in relation to audio, uh, the only other thing I have left is the soundtrack of this game slaps. It absolutely slaps. Oh yeah. And on top of that, they have these like cool music cues in the in the game where like when you do certain things or come at things from an angle or whatever, it'll start the music so that it like syncs up well with whatever's going on. Uh, and I thought that was very cool. Except for when you're repeating a level a whole bunch of times because you suck and played on a difficulty that's too high for your skill level. In which case you hear the same cues a lot or just spend a lot of time in silence, which I definitely did. Oh, did you guys ever get l- locked in a womp loop? A womp? A womp. Yeah, where it goes like womp, womp. That sounds like no. Your expression now. <laughs> it sounds like maybe your broken audio <laughs> equipment had something to do with it. <laughs> it could be. I have to investigate this. But there was were... ever happened to you on another game, did <laughs> No. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Uh, but there, there was moments uh, a couple of times when, this, this is understandable, it's an old damn game, where I would miss or break the triggered sequences in such a way where I would create forward progress in a way that the game did not expect me to create forward progress and there was like one time where i walked on foot in a, in a segment that was clearly visually designed to be a warthog segment forever mm-hmm. and had to stop after like 20 actual real life minutes when there was a jump that i couldn't clear because i didn't have a warthog and <laughs> to turn around and walk all the way back because i hit like three quick point, quick saves and it was complete silence and the audio never shifted with me and no enemies spawned and it just did the womp loop um just the womp loop. Just the womp loop. And it was, it was so bad that I just turned the audio off because I didn't want to hear the womp sound anymore. <laughs> that's, yeah, but no, I didn't want to turn around physically with or digitally with my digital body because I wanted to see how long I could do this. And I found out and yeah, it wasn't satisfying. No, it almost never is from my experience. <laughs> no. Nah. Do we have... 
Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Master thoughts. Do we have... Good game. Chief thoughts. Game is good. I feel like that's very on brand for you. It is, yeah. Honestly. I don't really I have no... Not, this game has depth in its cultural concept, but context, but it doesn't have depth, at least in my significant depth, in the way that you would treat it as a piece today. I don't have any like meaningful summations of what Halo means or how it made me feel because it didn't make me feel much of anything like all like all games of that shooter variety. I hate shooters and uh-huh. your emotions are bad. Uh, I just it was enjoyable. It was smooth. It was designed to be content that was consumed and brought joy to my life for a small period of time. And there's no depth to it. And I didn't learn or grow. I just did a thing for about 10 hours and it was fine to follow up on a question that we asked you and by asked you i mean was sort of generally posed outside of the podcast if you were to recommend somebody to start playing a halo game which one would you suggest just play two just play halo two halo two i can't it's been quite a long time but I can't think of a thing that this game did better than the campaign of Halo 2. And all you need to know going forward is uh, there is a space war between humans and the non-humans. And also the flood exists and yeah. is our threat. And that's pretty much it. See, and that I think... I'm going to take your final thoughts spot, Andy. Take that. <laughs> Summarizes mine pretty well. Because I think that this game is good. And I think that for the time... And we did discuss this like the the impact that this game had and how much stuff that was in this game sort of went on to become staples of the genre but its sequels did it better and it's kind of bizarre honestly to say that in a world where a lot of sequels tend to not do like they miss what is good about the originals but i think because of the short development time and the fact that halo 2 was like such an inevitability after the success of halo 1 they knew what was done right, and they knew what they had rushed on, and they just put out something that just kicked ass harder than the original <laughs> version. Hell yeah. Uh, 100%. <laughs> uh, so Halo 1 it is, is still a good game. It is still not terrible, and it still plays well. Uh, but I wouldn't recommend revisiting it for no reason. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Uh, I guess my final thoughts are, uh, in my younger and more vulnerable years, uh, I kind of had like a a shooter bias. I didn't really like uh, shooter games of any kind, really. Uh, And Halo was like the granddaddy of that, is what made them popular. And I really kind of resented Halo and the Xbox because of that. And Halo was the thing that came to mind when I thought of what a lame game was. Uh, until Call of Duty usurped it. Right. Uh, but coming back to it now, uh, there is a lot more to enjoy, like, to me, than I expected to find. Uh, like, I, I called out, like, the soundtrack is really good. The environmental design is interesting. The enemy designs are, like, cool aliens that are all, like, color-coded in a very, like, video gamey design way that they stick in your mind and it's just like all stuff. Like I, I expected a more stereotypically drab and like 
macho shooter, like how every buff guy, yeah, uh, buff guy games kind of thing. And Halo really isn't that. Uh, it's still a shooter though, and my gripes with just general shooter conventions all still stand here. I didn't enjoy it as much as most people will, but I still did like this game. And uh, I think that's a testament to its why it became so popular, if even I enjoyed playing it. Now we just got to get you into Halo Reach. Can't, Can't wait, wait to, to play, play it. it. That's going to sound like we invented that, <laughs> like the way that we were so on cue. Uh, take that. Ego Raptor. <laughs> What's he doing these days? Let's Game play because that's yeah. because that's what yeah. you, the YouTube algorithm implies that we're not to be doing. Right. I see that once again we've watched the same YouTube video within the last twenty four hours. <laughs> Hell yeah! You were there also. Yeah. <laughs> no cultural diversity. We have found our comfort zone. <laughs> Fucking Dan Olson. Uh, uh, thank you. For listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Oh, God, that sounds terrible. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> because it is Mystery May in June, brought to you by the novel coronavirus <laughs> uh yeah so which one do you think is better uh mystery j for june or nancy june uh nancy june all Simplicity. right now mystery may is now nancy june nancy everybody. june uh so join us then for ghost trick and until that time you can get a hold of us all of our count I'll be back when you guys play a real game with Halo 2. <laughs> see, you, see you then. Goodbye, JJ. Goodbye. Bye. Bye forever. He's finally gone. <laughs> and until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find links to our old episodes, like you can listen to Andy experience Modern Warfare for the first time we talked about Call of Duty 4. Uh... And then you can find our Twitter, our Discord, where you can come talk about the games, and uh, YouTube? I don't think I mentioned that one. There's a cool playlist on the front page you can look at and click on all of all of our episodes in sequence to get all of their view numbers up. This is what happens when you just let Chad talk. <laughs> I never know when to stop talking. <laughs> Smash that like Smash button. Smash that like button. Melee attack yep. that like button. Just check it with your elbow like Master Chief. <laughs>